Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we start today by looking ahead to the start of the 43rd Ryder Cup as Team Europe face Team USA, looking to defend their title. Shortly, we'll hear from legendary golfer Colin Montgomery. But first, here's both captains, Padraig Harrington and Stevie Strickler, looking ahead to the action, which tees off later this afternoon, don't you know? That's my golf noise. couldn't be happier we're ready to go we're in a position that we're ready at this stage obviously there's going to be plenty of unknowns during the week but at this stage we have prepared for everything and uh, ready to go it's been a long time coming the fans are chomping at the bit to get out here hits that ridge now needs to turn right down to the hole turn some more around and in yes sir jock and rob we play for each other I think that's the, the best thing that you can do. Um, you play for the guys that are beside you. Like I said, I can put anything aside for you know a team, business, whatever, just to get the job done. No problem with that. Europe have won the Ryder Cup again. We all want to play this event. We all, all the guys want to be a part of this team, and you know it's a special event to be a part of. And they work their whole entire careers to be part of something like this. Nobody wants it too windy. I certainly. Don't want it too windy this week. It's not, uh, you know, that's not conducive to a, a good fair battle. But a bit of wind is 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 a true test of golf. First of all, it's just a uh, a relief that it's here. You know, I mean, for a while it was a question whether we were going to be able to play it, and uh, you know, it's just a relief, I guess, that we're here and and finally that it is here. Three years has been a long time, but yet all of a sudden it seems like it went by really quick. We all know in Ryder Cups there's a, a fine line between playing too much, trying to stay fresh, 36 holes a day. Obviously, I have a, a slightly older team, uh, experienced team, pretty fit team. You know, that's the one thing about it. You know, we, we, we're not struggling in that sense. You see, the Ryder Cup's different, lads. It's uh, They've got eight out of the top ten in the world. Now, we might not beat that eight out of ten in say four or five tournaments or, or or a season or a career but over 18 holes we can i knew they were close but they're close they're really close they're i mean this team is really close so that's hasn't surprised me to some degree but the level of how close they are has surprised me i guess and you know uh that's a good thing if they don't win this one with the strength of their team they've got number two in the world right through number 11 in their team 
if they don't win this one, well, they've got to really scratch their heads. That's what I wanted from day one is, is a, uh, a family-type atmosphere and, and everybody to get along, and hopefully that leads to good play. It's almost the pinnacle of our sport, and it's our Olympics, and we uh, and, uh, really look forward to the whole thing starting off and seeing how we perform. Now, the fallout continues from Manchester United's defeat to West Ham in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday night, but who is to blame? The Villa legend, Gabby Agbonahor, believes the players need to take responsibility, whilst Moni Moni Simon Jordan insists United aren't an elite team and they don't have an elite manager. Of course he does. There's the full-time whistle. West Ham United take immediate revenge for Sunday's late drama at the London Stadium by beating Manchester United on their own patch for the first time in 14 years and squeezing into the last 16 of the EFL Cup. Are Man United an elite side? And Man United haven't won anything oh, in four years. Oh, come on. No, 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 hold on. They're an elite football club, but elite sides win something. Mm. They haven't won anything for nearly half a decade. So does that make them an elite side or an elite football club? Economically, they're an elite football club. They don't have an elite manager. I know people don't like to hear that, but they don't have an elite manager because an elite manager doesn't look like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He looks like Thomas Tuchel or he looks like Pep Guardiola. Manchester United simply were not ruthless or good enough. Manchester United nil, West Ham won. I just feel that some of these players have got to do a bit more. Van der Beek, you know, Martial, Sancho. They played a strong side Sancho, yesterday. Sancho, I'm, I'm, you... I'm beginning to worry about him. Yeah, you, how can you... You can't always blame the manager. He's probably thinking, like, the team I put out compared to West Ham's team is strong enough to win that game. Mm. If you're not playing well or you're struggling to find a bit of form, which Sancho is at the minute, maybe a little bit low on confidence, I'm just waiting for him to show me something. Like, get the ball, go mm. past someone, have hit a shot or create something where you go... Okay, I get it. When you pay seventy million for somebody, how long do you give them? Tries to lift it into the box, and then there's Sancho with a volley over the top of the crossbar, running down the right channel. Good movement this time from Sancho. You no, can't Jay, write Jay, him Jay. off after seven games. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I would be slightly concerned that we've not seen next to nothing from him so far. I mean, not yet. We haven't. No, you're right. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you usually when a, new, a player comes in, even if they are struggling a little bit, you'd, you'd see like a flash of something, and you'd go, "Oh." Okay. Any manager, I'm sure, will tell you that winning games is a part of the momentum of building a successful side. You're at home, you're in the Carabao Cup, you've got West Ham, who are a decent side, and you should have enough strength to get past them. And, and winning a League Cup, to go to your central theme, well, if it's good enough for Manchester City, then it will defeat the naysayers, people like me, mm. that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't win anything. Winning something is better than winning nothing. Now, staying with Manchester United, sort of. And Brandon Williams has been speaking to TalkSport this week. The defender, of course, is on loan at Norwich, who face Everton in TalkSport 2's live commentary game tomorrow afternoon. Here he is speaking to James Jimmy Savundra about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and why he's made the move to Norfolk. I feel like I'm just at that age where I need to be paying week in, week out. Like You only get one career, so I want to make the most out of it and... And to, to challenge myself at, at 21 years old is, it, I thought it was the right time for myself. You were linked with a, a number of different clubs over the last few transfer windows. When it came to looking at loan options, what was it about Norwich that yourself and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer liked? I just think when he was in the Premier League a couple of years ago as well, we, when we was seeing how the way they played, they liked to play out from the back and uh, they're a team who will do this and they're a team that want to attack as well. So I just thought it would be a perfect fit for me to, to come here and, and just, just get the experience. And in terms of mentors that you've had in your career, how important has Ole Gunnar Solskjaer been over the last two years when you've had these 
amazing opportunities, but also when you've had times where you've not been getting games. He's been really key to me. He's always he's always let me know where where I stand with him, and he'll be a person that I remember forever. I'll always be thankful to him because he gave. He put trust in me to, to make my debut and if it weren't for him, I, I, God knows where I'd be right now. And you spoke before about your upbringing and there's a great story you told before about your dad taking you to Old Trafford and you just fell in love with football and Manchester United that day. And there was a great video last year of you being able to buy yourself a car for your dad for, for his birthday. How important was that for you to, to be able to pay him back in that small way? Yeah, because he used to come home from work at four o'clock. I had training at six o'clock. We get back at eight o'clock, and he'd, um, he'd we'd be breaking down, we'd be having flat tires, we'd be just struggling to 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 get there and everything. So, I just thought, and me and my dad, we've always loved cars. We love Formula One. We love stuff like this. So, to just give give a little bit of something back was really important for me. And and as you can see by my dad's reaction, I'm I'm sure he loved it. Elsewhere, Derby's administrators say that six potential buyers have shown their interest in buying the football club. The club were deducted an automatic 12 points earlier this week, but manager Wayne Rooney insists he'll remain at the club and fight for their survival. We'll hear from the Derby gaffer in just a moment, but first, here's the administrators, Andrew Hoskig and Carl Jackson, known as Hoskig and Jackson, as well as Moni Moni Simon Jordan, who have all had their say. And we've got breaking news on TalkSport. Sport, breaking news. It seems, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, Derby County that we're facing administration. The EFL have confirmed that Derby will face a 12-point deduction. Derby will not go bust. There won't be a liquidation. There will be a restructuring of Derby. And the quicker it can be done, the less damage will be done. So the assessment of the um, club is that we do consider, um, firstly, obviously a club of this magnitude is such that it does have a viable future moving forward. I'm committed to this football club. Um, I'm ready to fight. Listen, I grew up in, in on a council estate in, in Liverpool. I know how tough things can be. I know how tough life can be. And we're in a tough moment. But if you put the work in and you put the effort in, you can get through it. Now that the club is in administration, we do consider that the um, position to be able to make a successful conclusion to this story is now really very, very um, practical. Mel Morris, you know, has run a football club in a certain way. I ran a football club in a certain way. Certain circumstances did for me and certain circumstances have done for Mel. He doesn't have to apologise to me. I'm not asking for an apology. I just found it, um, as manager of the football club, um, getting questions every day from players, from staff, not being able to answer them. I was a bit hurt by that, but listen, it is what it is. It's, it's, he's, he's put a lot of money into the football club, which I I know he deserves a lot of respect for that, but then there's a way of handling things. The whole idea is to ensure that this club is put on a sound financial footing so that it has a, a future and will not be put in this position again. We do have a number of uh, creditors who are likely to have been requesting payment imminently and accordingly. That's why the decision was taken to protect the club. There is a considerable degree, and I really do stress the word considerable degree, of interest in this club. It's a massive football club. And as I said before, the amount of people who are, are coming forward to in, to invest into the club means I'm, I'm really confident that we will get through this and, and for the better. We don't consider it's going to be an easy task, but nevertheless, we don't consider the obstacles are insurmountable that we face at this stage. I'm committed to helping this football club get through it. I care about the players, I care about the staff here. What, what type of person would I be if I walk away now and 
go and put my feet up, go on holiday and sit in the sun for a few weeks. I don't think that's the right way to deal with it. I'm, I'm prepared to try and get this club into a, a stable position, a stable um, first of all, and then hopefully in the future um, we can start looking a bit further forward. We certainly want to ideally have a resolution um, by no later than the end of December or January. Obviously, it's subject to how the discussions go with a number of the purchasers, but on the basis that the price is now much more affordable, we do feel confident and we do feel confident in those timetable expectations. Now we're just one day away from the biggest fight in the UK in years as Anthony Joshua faces Alexander Usyk at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We can hear from Joshua himself, as well as Johnny Nelson, Tony Bellew and Spencer Oliver who have all been speaking to TalkSport. The only fight that we had our mind on was Tyson Fury. The game changed where we have to have a plan B course the one that that springs to mind immediately is the wbo mandatory of alexander usik anthony how are you i'm coming for you He'd struggle. I think the pace and pressure from Anthony Joshua, the combination punches, and he lands more effective shots on the target. You have to do the hard yards under the dark lights to shine under the bright lights. Anthony, does this feel like a legacy fight for you this weekend? Does it feel like a legacy fight? Uh, it feels like another fight. It's a blessing to take on the challenge, but you guys can call it what you want. For me, I've got to kind of simplify a complicated matter. I think Anthony is, is a worthy favourite with the experience, the, uh, the natural heavyweight power. Um, he loves this stage. AJ's only getting better, he's improving. And this is going to be the first heavyweight Alexander Usyk's faced that he can't just manoeuvre and do what he wants with, who's a lot slower than him. This is a guy who's athletically better, blessed than him. We know how how much of a big deal this is. The public needs to understand, this is that fight. This is that fight that has to make you respect and sit up and think, you know what, he's Andy Joshua's a real deal. He's got a lot of questions to ask, to answer Alexander Usyk, but then again, so is AJ, because we want to see if he can if he can compete with a boxer who is an absolute master chess player in Alexander Usyk. It's not the problems he possesses, it's how I deal with the problems he possesses. So it's not so much about him, it's about myself. It means more than just, you know, gets the W. Getting this win sends a message across to all the heavyweights around there. He hasn't got even a single doubt about it. We've been in boxing for a while and uh, just based on the experience that you've got, based on the analysis and based on the hunch, on the feeling, it says that uh, Usyk going to be victorious Saturday night. We're getting closer to this fight. A lot of boxing pundits, you know, a lot of commentators, etc., are starting to lean towards him. So I think this, as this fight draws closer, I think it's becoming more even. There's more people fancying Usyk as we, as we draw closer. You can't go in the water without getting wet. Mm. AJ knows going into this fight, he's going to get hit. It's going to be times where it's difficult for him. But ultimately, he'll come through, I think. I think, you know, in the second half of the fight, he'll find a way to figure Alexander Usyk out. And I think he will show why he's the best heavyweight in the world. And we end the show with some cricket chat. And 
Boris Johnson has asked the Australian Prime Minister to change the Covid restrictions to allow England to take their families to the ashes this winter. Here's Aussie legend Shane Warne and England legend Steve Hammy Harmison, who have two completely different views on this. What I've heard is that England have been, giving a res- have been given a resort for their 14-day quarantine, swimming pool, golf course, everything for their families. Surely that's a holiday for two weeks, not quarantine. If I'm an England player, I'm going to my board, I'm going to Ashley Giles, well, what happens if these borders close? Yep. What happens if we get stuck here? What, you know, all these questions, they need to be answered very, very quickly. How close are, are Cricket Australia? The Australia government is saying, right, we're going to play three test matches here, two test matches there. This is your quarantine law. Right, who's coming? I'd be disappointed if any of the players pulled out because they could have their families there. They've got a resort there for a holiday. Um, and then from then, you know, you play the cricket. You know, it's an Ashes series. It's, it's an Ashes series. It's the biggest cricket tournament, you know, cricket series in the world. In Australia, I haven't played a test match away from home. So for, for Cricket Australia and the Australian government to say, yes, we're going to lose 200 million. We are desperate for England to come. Well, they didn't come to the Rugby World Cup. They haven't gone away and played cricket away from home. Is it, is it an argument for the ECB to say, well, why, why should we move when you're not moving with the world cricket stage? You define your career and what you do in an Ashes series for an Australian or an English person. So... English player. So, you know, I'd be disappointed if anyone pulled out. Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. Thanks for listening on the Talksport app wherever you get your podcasts from. I don't really care. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I'm back, of course, this afternoon on my show, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time from 4pm, alongside one of my favourite people in the world, my Friday husband, Darren Ben, building up to a bumper game day across the Talksport network. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talkable Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.